You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Hello, 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 my friends. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. It is an honor and a pleasure, as always, to have you back for another episode with me. We are going to continue with what we discussed in episode 27, which was limiting beliefs and limiting mindsets. Uh, we're going to continue along that path, but today we're going to be discussing uh, what drives our values and governs our decisions, okay? Because what I really truly believe is that our limiting beliefs and limiting mindsets are placed in us a long time ago when we were little kids. Um, you know, if you know anything about early childhood development, which I'm assuming most of you probably don't, I only do because I studied it for NLP. Um, from zero to seven, we're doing a lot of, impl- we're, we're having a lot of values and beliefs um, imprinted and implanted upon us by the adults and the other children around us. And then from seven to 14, we're mirroring and matching. So in order to feel like we belong and to fit in, whether it's within the family unit or within school or church or wherever you spend a lot of your time, baseball teams or sports events, sporting activities you did as a child, you start to mirror and match those around you. And then once you get into your teenage years, you know, those tween teenage years that start around 12 with middle school and go all the way up into high school and even into college, then you've just got all of this programming from the imprinting and implanting and from the matching and mirroring. And you really have to start to ask yourself, why do you behave the way that you do? And are you happy with your behavior? You go to college to completely evolve into a brand new person. Right, There are going to be things about yourself that you truly enjoy and like and, and love and that you value and that others find value in you. And there's going to be some things that you're going to catch yourself doing and you're going to be like, why on earth do I think that way? Why do I say things that way? What What is driving that? And so we're going to discuss that today so that we can, you can, so we can move along in our evolution as humans and so that you can understand what it is that you've been doing. And you can really take a deep look at yourself and say, okay, what are some of the beliefs and values that I have that are driven by memories? And what is it that I can do to change these? Okay, because change really does happen in an instance. You just say, I want, you know, if you smoke cigarettes and you don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore, you just say, I don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. The change has happened because you've said it. If you truly mean it and you truly plan on doing it, that's the key, though, is now you actually have to go through the action. And that's, of course, with quitting smoking or quitting something, you, the action is in not doing it any longer. Um, and then, of course, there's going to be all these uh, mental uh, hiccups and triggers that you're going to have that are going to want to drive you back to this bad habit that you've told yourself you want to quit. And we're going to discuss that, too. So let's dive on in. Because I really love this stuff. When I learned neuro-linguistic programming, it was something I took on um, to use with my life coaching, to use with my public speaking, my keynote addresses. At the same time, I really got into this and started to discover a lot about NLP, which is just the language of the mind. 
um, I got into it because of my addiction recovery. And so when I started to look back at the values that were driving me and the, the values that were governing my decisions, one of the key pieces that we learn early on in NLP and that you would want to know about yourself, regardless if you ever even Google NLP, is that your beliefs, your values are driven by your memories. The memories that you have of what you've done, the memories you have of what other people have done around you, just your memories in general. And your memories are developed by three different kinds of filters. You have generalizations, um, where the characteristics of one person could get prescribed to all people, right? So if you are of one race and you have a a interaction with someone from another race, you could generalize and say, well, all people from that country, all people from that race are going to act this way, are going to behave this way around me. That's a generalization. Um, You have deletions. It's the second filter. We're uh, imperfect people, meaning all of us. We're all imperfect. That's the, it is one, the beauty of human species, humanity, and it's also the bane of our existence is this imperfection. And imperfect people will conveniently remember the bad, hurtful things that happened to you or us and will delete what we were doing to other people. Okay, so deletions can happen where, you know, you remember your parents grounding you and chastising you and not letting you go out and see your friends, but you'll conveniently forget that it was because you kept coming home late for curfew and they told you countless times that the consequence for coming home late from curfew was not was going to be that you didn't get to go out at all and see your friends. And then we have the third filter, which is distortions where you jump to an assumption or a presumption, um, you react to a perception of reality and not reality itself. Um, Distorting what others say and do around you, what you say and do around them. Uh, When we look at life this way, we might think we are broken, uh, which we're not. I used to think I was broken for years. We're not. I was not. Uh, Yet we're great at working in the wrong way, right? We're we're great at, we can distort something and then we, we start trying to work on solving that issue or that problem when in reality, because of our distortion, we're not even working on the correct issue to begin with. All three of these impact how we perceive our reality, um, thus the story we tell ourselves on the events that have occurred around us, good, bad, right, or wrong, are based on how we react, right? It's how we react or others react to what we have done are based on these three filters. So you give a flower to, you know, let's say you give a flower to your girlfriend or boyfriend, right? Based on their experiences with somebody giving them flowers in the past, they might generalize and say, you know, oh, well, okay, you're, you know, all my boyfriends have given me flowers. You're not special, right? It's a generalization because other boyfriends have done it. So now you're just figuring every boyfriend should just give you flowers. You don't take it as being special. Perhaps there's a deletion, where you will conveniently remember um, that they did something bad and hurtful, and therefore that's why they're bringing the flowers, whereas they might think, oh, well, today's the anniversary, or just because you're beautiful, or just because I want you to have something you know pretty and colorful in your apartment. You will delete, you'll conveniently delete what could be the actual reason in favor of the reason you think. And then, of course, there's distortions, where perhaps you've learned that guys only give flowers when they've done something bad. Therefore, you immediately assume that he's cheated on you or kissed somebody else or done something behind your back to harm you. Uh, And rather than just 
assume that he's doing something kind and loving, you immediately distort it to where he has done something bad. When that could not even be the reality. And now you're, whether which, you've used one of those filters, and now you're not seeing the gesture for its kindness and lovingness that it, that it really could be. Now, I'm not saying that any of those things couldn't necessarily be a reality, that perhaps all boyfriends should just give flowers. And so you're right. He doesn't get extra credit for doing the for doing what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, perhaps he did really do something hurtful. And it, it wasn't a deletion of something good. It was the reality that he showed up late for a date or no call, no showed and stood you up. And he brings you flowers for that. Or maybe he did do something you know, bad behind your back. All of these filters that you're using aren't necessarily meaning that you're not seeing it correctly. What's important is that you just know that these are the filters that you're using. You have these beliefs, you have these values, and they're driven by your memories. So the generalization, filter one, deletions, filter two, and distortions, filter three, and there's no particular order. They can be reordered in whatever way you prefer. It doesn't matter. I'm just numerically organizing them for ease of remembrance. We did limiting beliefs and limiting mindset. And again, that's episode 27 if you want to go back and get more information about that. Is that because of the beliefs and values being driven by our memories, that is where our limiting mindset and our limiting beliefs come from. Our memories. Who we were raised by. And and a lot of people will project their limitations on someone else, on other people. Not even necessarily on purpose. They just think, well, if I can't do it, then you probably can't do it either, right? If you, if you go into the gym and someone says, okay, you're gonna, we're going to bench press 200 pounds today, and you've never bench pressed up anything in your life, then yeah, it's a pretty good chance that you're not going to be able to just toss 200 pounds over your face. Meanwhile, you got Hercules over there who's warming up with 200 pounds, Right, so some let's say your parent goes to the gym, they can't bench press two hundred pounds. Here you roll in as a high school freshman. You you're trying to make the the football team, or you're trying to become, you know, a softball player, and you got to lift weights. And they say, well, you're you're not going to be able to lift weights very well because I couldn't lift weights very well. Well, that has nothing to do with what you can and cannot accomplish. Just because they couldn't do it doesn't mean you can't. That's where I talk about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Again, power principle number one, growth mindset. You can hear more about that, I think, in episode 12, where I talked about being open-minded. But we won't go into growth mindset because we talked a lot about that in episode 27 when I discussed limiting beliefs and limiting mindset. So, which again, limiting mindset, just a fixed mindset. So how we're processing our external main life events is going to dictate how we feel about ourselves and about the people around us, right? One of the key things to always keep in mind, and I'm not a big fan of definitives, but I I like to say that definitives always never work, is that empowerment in life comes via the responsibility that you take in realizing that you control your emotions. You are responsible for your emotions. No one in life can make you feel anything. We can do things hoping to, um, manipulate's not the right word, but in order to persuade you to feel something, right? And really, persuade and manipulate it's really in the it's really in your objective inside your head right if you 
um, come home and you tell your loved one that you love them dearly and they're the only one for you and that, you'll, that you're, you're going to be there through thick and thin. If you say that because you just got back from cheating on them, then you're being manipulative. If you say that because you just got back from watching one of your best friends cry over the fact that their loved one left them, broke up with them, and moved on, you come home and you say all that. You're just persuading them to feel for you what you feel for them, right? One is a negative-driven energy. I cheated on you, therefore I'm going to come home and I'm going to manipulate you into thinking I love you because I don't want you to know the reality. That's manipulation. Persuasion is I just saw somebody else cry uh, or because their their girlfriend, boyfriend left them, or I just saw someone be given flowers by their loved one and that, that just really touched me, right? And so I, I want you to realize how much you matter to me. That's persuasion. And it's all based on the underlying energy. So what I think a lot of people tend to forget is that we're energetic beings. The energy drives through us. It it courses through our veins. The energy that we expend inhaling oxygen, which creates white blood cells, which go throughout our blood, circulate through our body, and and give, you know, life bringing oxygen throughout every single little nook and cranny in our bodies. I mean, all that takes energy. We are just this constant spinning atom right? We're just these big humans and we forget that we've got tons of bacteria in our stomach that are in charge of our digestion and our mood. Did you realize that a majority of the um, 5-HTP is a serotonin um, re-releaser into the body? A majority of your serotonin, your the dopamine, the things that make you feel happy and good come are in the gut. I think I recently saw somewhere like it's like 70, 80%, something crazy. A lot of people think that it's in the brain, right? You think, oh, you know, if I've got, if I'm feeling sad or depressed or moody, it's because my serotonin is low and that's a brain thing. When in reality, a lot of it, like I just said, 70%, we're looking at three fourths of the reason you feel a certain way is driven by the bacteria in your stomach. So imagine if all you're doing is feeding yourself crap, um, uh, refined sugar, and processed foods all the time. Imagine if all that crummy garbage is going into your stomach, and therefore the bacteria in the stomach that feed off this crummy food are multiplying, and that becomes a majority of what's in your stomach, and then you wonder why you don't feel good, energetic, happy, in a positive state of of energy, it's because of what you've been feeding yourself, right? We've got certain bacteria that that multiply every hour, every six hours, right? The, The bacteria that like sugar, you know, sit here and can multiply a bazillion times in three days. You cut back on sugar, those first three to five days are going to be really difficult because the bacteria that feed off of them are no longer getting their energy source, and so they start making you crave sugar. You can just make it through those first three to five days. The bacteria that feed off sugar will start to die off, and all of a sudden the bacteria that that feed off of carrots and kale and good-for-you foods have begun to multiply because that's what you've been eating instead. That was a complete sidebar. Uh, hopefully, not hopefully. I know that brought me value because, well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little notes. Let's talk about food. We're gonna call that episode like food and mood or something like that. Anyways, I just wrote that down. That was fun. Uh, okay, back to 
our external main life events being processed through our own eyes, through our five senses. So, so you've got, you've, you've, I mean, this is pretty simple. We all know this, that the five senses, you see, hear, feel, smell, taste, right? And so an external event occurs. It gets run through those five senses. Those, those five senses get in, you know, bring the event inside your head, inside your body. They get run through the filters of delete, distort, and generalize. It becomes this internal movie, uh, which can be positive or, or negative, depending on the belief system that you have from your memories. That will drive an emotional state. That emotional state drives a behavior. That behavior brings you a result, which is anchored back into that external event. Let me see if I can organize this a little bit easier for those of you. So let's say the external event is that you, you got a C on a test, right? That goes in, you see the C on your paper, right? You can't obviously smell or taste the paper. Now, maybe if you were given your grade or in an Italian restaurant, you could you would anchor that C grade to the smell of marinara, but the likelihood is that you're sitting in class, there's really nothing much to smell or taste there, so everything will be run through. You saw the C, you heard the teacher say that everybody else, that 90% of the class got A's, um, and then you feel like you didn't do as well as you could have. You start to feel like a failure. That goes inside your head. Now you're going to begin to delete, distort, or generalize. You might say, well, I got a C. Right? So you see that you got a C. It gets inside your head. And you might think, well, I'm just a horrible student. But you're conveniently deleting the fact that you didn't study as much as you could have. Instead, you went out and got drunk. You're distorting how important that C is not realizing that there's three other tests or there's extra credits you could do, and you're generalizing to yourself, well, I'm just a bad student. I will never be good at this. I'm only going to be what little I am now, and I can never get better. That's a generalization. It starts to run an internal movie in your head because really our entire brain is just this constant snapshot of pictures in these tiny movies that we've recorded, right? You go back and think about your birthday when you were five years old. It's either a picture of you blowing out candles. It's either through your own eyes or through somebody else's eyes at the party and you picture yourself. Maybe you actually got a picture of that. So you've memorized the picture of you blowing out the candles, even though you experienced it as somebody looking at a cake. You remember it as somebody watching you blow out candles all right, and so now you've got this internal movie that you are a bad student and that you're going to be a failure in life and that you're going to, you know, you're basically going to walk around in a circus and shovel up elephant poo. Right? And now that gives you this emotional state of failure, of depression, of sadness, right? That drives the behavior where you either, you know, and there's the thing about states. And this, and I really work hard at making these whole things not become so convoluted that they become hard to understand. Um, and I realize I'm covering a lot here, but I think you got this, that when you have this internal movie of you getting a C, and it might be of you going out drinking, it might be of how hard you you think you studied, it might be a picture of you actually sitting at your desk studying, and all the times where you whipped past information you should have been trying to learn, whatever this internal movie is that you have of of yourself as you see the C paper in front of you and it runs through the delete, distort, generalize filters, it creates whatever movie it creates, which drives an emotional state. 
right? And that state can go can get rerun through those delete distort generalizes and can just continue to t- to become circular. This emotional state gets run through the filters, which becomes another movie, which becomes another emotional state, and you can just stay in this little circle where you just constantly keep yourself feeling sad about the bad grade. At some point, you break out of this, probably when they when the teacher moves on to studying for the next thing. Maybe you sit there and keep running this internal movie and this sadness for the remainder of the class, but at some point, you get up, you leave the class, you break out of that loop, and now it's your behavior. That emotional state where you were like, you were you were disappointed in yourself for getting the C. That can that can bring out a behavior. Now, what behavior will that bring? Will that bring out a behavior of I'm going to start studying more frequently and harder, and I'm going to stop going out and drinking the night before tests? Or you could think, well, I'm a loser. I'm never going to get better than a C. And the behavior that it brings out is, well, you might as well have fun while I'm here. I'm going to flunk out anyways. And now you start to drink more. Which, which brings out more C's, D's, and F's perhaps, whereas had you left there and said, there's no way I'm going to let this one test define my entire semester in this class. And you go off and you start to study harder. You start asking questions. You go to the success center at your college and you start asking for tutorial help, right? That behavior brings about a result. And that result could be an A on the next test or a D on the next test, which becomes another external event. Now you see an A or you see a D that gets run through C here feel that be- that gets delete distorted generalized that becomes another internal movie which brings about a state which drives a behavior which creates a result which becomes another external event. All right, and this becomes this really awesome. I should you know what I should do is I should take a picture of this and I should put this on my Instagram. I started up an Instagram for college success habits and haven't done much with it. Um, truth be told, it's because I've got like 7,000 people on my sobriety to recovery page and I've been trying to get back into that. Uh, Anyways, I look, there's only so many things you can prioritize in life. Ooh, that's another one I've been meaning to talk about is prioritization. Um, I'm writing that one down. Um, only so many things I could prioritize and I honestly decided to prioritize writing a book and, um, speaking over, uh, daily Instagram check-ins. So, but anyways, I should post this picture that I got off one of my um, one of my NLP videos. So, back to where we were. All right, all of that ties in. Everything I just went through ties into how you're creating memories, and these memories will be what drive your beliefs and your values. All right, where this originally, uh, before I got into this whole circle of life event, filters, internal movie, state, behavior, and then result, and then back to another life event, was discussing how no one in life can make you feel anything. And we're going to wrap up on this because I think it's super, super important that you realize that no one can make you feel anything. They can do things to manipulate you towards feeling something or persuade you towards feeling something, but they cannot make you feel anything. Uh, yeah, see, I said all that, and then I got into this whole this whole loop to let you understand how you create these memories. Um, and now we're back to discussing how people cannot make you feel anything. How you perceive a person, how you perceive information that's introduced to you, how you perceive a life event, will determine the mindset you have about that experience. Right, and all, and again. All of your experience, you experience everything through your five senses. 
So you may not mean to hurt someone, but it can happen through the the way that you say things, you do things, you act around them, because they're going to be experiencing it through their five senses, right? If your uh, mom tells you that you're all going to go to vacation at Disney World when you're a kid, and she tells you this as she's putting down pizza in front of you, then pizza will get anchored into your head as being something that, that smell, that taste, that sensation of pizza, watching it get be given to you as your mom says, oh yeah, we're all going to Disney World. You anchor pizza in as a happy thing because you were given pizza as you just, as you learned that you were going to Disney World. Whereas if your mom puts a plate of pizza down in front of you as a child and says, uh, mommy and daddy are getting divorced, now all of a sudden the smell of pizza, the taste of pizza, the, the sight of it, um, the taste, the, the, the feeling of it on your mouth, um, what she said to you as she handed you the pizza, that gets anchored in as pizza's bad because a bad life event happened when you were handed pizza, right? It's it's often really, in, it's very intriguing for me to ask people why it is that they don't like certain things in their life, why they don't like certain foods. And then uh, there's this thing where we can do when we do life coaching, when I do life coaching with my clients where you can um, get them to go back on their timeline it's called t- uh, timeline regression is the way I learned it. But basically, I can go back and find out what that life event was that made them not like mushrooms or bacon or cheese. Right? Something happens that causes that. Their parents say, oh, I hate cheese. Only losers eat cheese. Right? And now you hate cheese and you don't know why. And it's all because your mom told you at three years old that only losers like cheese. Um, right. Whereas if somebody else is like, oh my God, cheese is amazing, sophisticated, intelligent, smart people eat cheese and they know exactly all the kinds of cheeses that there are. And you decide you want to be smart and sophisticated. You go off and you learn a ton about cheese and you love cheese for the rest of your life. And you have no idea that it all came because some, somebody when you were four years old told you that smart, sophisticated people love cheese, right? You just don't know, but you can find that stuff out. Anyways, that's, that's another episode. Um, so go back into that nobody can make you feel any feel any ways that you don't want them to make you feel. They can manipulate you or they can persuade you, but they cannot make you. Right? Somebody gives you a present and they you, you, they don't determine how you're going to feel. If somebody gives you a present and that's the 17th present you've gotten that day, then you may not feel, then they they want you to feel excited and grateful and loved. And you might be like, well, the 17th present, it's a little ho-hum, it's tiny, Uh, I shake it, it sounds like socks. I'm not really all that excited, right? Even though they want you to be excited, you, they can't make you feel excited. Whereas if you're somebody who's just constantly grateful and, 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 and feels love and the fact that they even thought about you, even if all they did was buy you socks, and they might think, oh, I'm sorry, all I could afford was socks. But meanwhile, you know, you feel loved and cared for and cherished, all right? Either it's you determine that, right? They hand you socks, life event. It gets run through your five senses, right? Here, see, let's see, sight, sound feel, taste, and smell, right? And again, most of these things, you know, don't really have smell and taste involved, but see, hear, feel, smell, taste. Those get run through your filters of delete, distort, generalize, turns into an internal movie, which brings about an emotional state, which which drives a behavior, which creates a result going back to the external event, right? And so they can't make you feel anything. You decide to. Someone stands you up for a date, 
They could be, oh, you made me feel ugly and unloved and unworthy. No, they didn't. They didn't show up for a date. You chose how to feel, right? If you decide, well, oh, boy, I really dodged a close one there. That the person wasn't the right one for me. I see who they really are. They're the kind of person who doesn't who doesn't respect my time. They don't respect my feelings. Better to know this now than seventeen dates from now, right? You choose to see it in a positive light. Woo, missed a close one, or you choose to feel like because they they stiffed you and, and they stood you up for the date, that you're ugly and you're a loser, that you'll never be loved and you'll die alone, right? You choose to see all that. It's all your perception of the event. They can't make you feel that. You determine that that's how you want to feel. I know this is going to really screw with a lot of you. And again, we're closing up on this and that this could be something, um, let's see that I put, no one can make you feel. I may dive deeper into this one. Um, I've already got a lot of show ideas that are going to finish up the year, but we might dive more into this one. We'll see what kind of feedback I get off of y'all once you start DMing me and and replying and stuff. Uh, My point being is that no one makes you feel. You choose how you feel. And I know this is going to really screw with a lot of you who for years have been told that you make somebody feel something right? You and your sister are playing. Um, one of you hits the other one, runs up to mommy and daddy. And, you know, uh, what did your brother do to you? Or what did you, how did you, oh, did your brother make you feel unloved? No, no, that's not what parents should be saying, right? What did your brother do to you? Okay. Yes. If he slapped you in the face because you wouldn't let him have the toy, then yes, the brother slapped you in the face. That's a fact. That is that that is something that is a fact. You got slapped in the face by your brother. Did he you choose how that makes you feel? If that makes you feel bullied, then that's then that's what you chose to feel. If that makes you feel like you uh, you should stand up for yourself, if that makes you feel um like angry and then you hit him back, you chose to feel that way. All right? Lots of times you could choose to say why did you do that? Right? And I get as kids, you know, we don't we're not using our cognitive thinking skills. This is why it's up to adults to be showing us the right kind of um the right kind of manners to have. Right? This is why it's really important that adults are using the right kind of language because if the adults say, "Well, how did he make you feel?" not well, why do you feel this way? Right? I get that at four years old, the cognitive thinking isn't quite where we hope that it'll be when we're 14 or 24, but it's up to our parents and the people in charge of us to make sure that they're using the right language so that moving on into our lives, we are using the right language. And most of, the, of you have not had the right language used around you, right? You take on these limiting beliefs and these limited mindsets that other people make you feel. And therefore, it takes, it really, I mean, one, it's taking the responsibility of your own emotions away from you. Right, I, I want to be responsible for my own emotions. I want to be responsible for my actions because that's empowering. You want to be empowered. If I take away your power and you're no longer empowered, now you are stuck at my ebbs and flows of my emotions, at my whims, of my actions. 
right? You want to be in charge of your emotions. You want to be in charge of your actions. Some football player ripped off another football player's helmet the other day and whacked him upside the head with it on national television. And I'm sure he thinks, well, you know, he pulled on my face mask after I slammed him down. Both of uh, everyone involved in that fight, it was against the Steelers and the Browns. If you guys watch sports, you know what I'm talking about. Um, all the whole thing, from the way that the player sacked the quarterback to the quarterback's reaction by yanking on the player on the defensive player's face mask, then the defensive player rips off the quarterback's helmet. Other players come up and start throwing punches. The quarterback tra- pushes him. The 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 defensive player Miles Garrett slams the helmet down on his head. Then they slam the Miles Garrett to the ground and Pouncey starts kicking him in the helmet. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, he did this, and so I had to react that way." No. No, you didn't. There are going to be plenty of people who, are, who have their own value system, they have their own belief system based on memories, and that might lead them to want to be mean or violent around you. Best case scenario is you walk away from those people and you never deal with them again. Not such a best case scenario is that you're sort of forced to be around them. It could be a roommate, it could be somebody in class, a family member, and they've got their own way, their own internal system for dealing with their emotions. Right, you can still choose on how that makes you feel. You still get to choose if their bullying behavior makes you feel less than, or whether it gives you that that strength inside to say, you know, that person's in such pain that they have to react that way towards me to make themselves feel better. And I really hope that you know somebody helps them, and then you could step in and actually be that conduit of help rather than being that instigator of further angst and anger. So we're going to really dive into that one later on. But this has all been about your values being driven by your your beliefs and your values are what drive and govern your decisions, and all of your beliefs and values are driven by your memories, right? Your, your beliefs and your values drive and govern your decisions, which are all based on your memories of everything you've experienced in life. You experience things in life through your five senses, right? You experience everything in your life through your five senses of see, hear, feel, smell, taste. You run these through the filters of delete, distort, generalize. It becomes an internal movie or or a, a group of pictures in your head. This brings about an emotional state. You either stay in the state filter internal movie loop. At some point, you break out of that, and it drives a behavior, which creates a result, which comes back to and, and makes an, this result becomes another external event, which is now run through your five senses and then run through the filters. And again, internal movie, state, behavior, result. It just, it just keeps doing this loop. And it happens every single second of your lives, guys. Every single second of your life, there's some external thing happening. And it's run through your senses and then through filters, and it becomes this internal movie, state, behavior, result. Some are way more important and get ingrained in. Others just fade into the unconscious mind. But it's those ones we don't remember. It's all, it's all of this data that's been stuffed back in the unconscious mind, which remembers every single second of your life. There's actually a condition where people can remember every single second of their life, what they were eating on this day, what they were wearing. Like They can literally remember. There's an actress. I remember on Ellen DeGeneres' show once, and I was like, wow, that's got to suck. Um, because they can literally go back to a certain day and, and relive a bad experience just as much as they can relive a good one. But for the rest of us, all that stuff just gets tucked away in our unconscious mind, and it becomes the riptide. It becomes the undercurrent for 
our decision-making process. And if this undercurrent is negative and becomes limiting, then our mindset and our beliefs become limiting. And then we start making limiting decisions, which just continues the spiral of limitations that we've set upon ourselves. It's that simple. If you were raised in an environment where people said you can do whatever you want and you were also raised that hard work is what gets you there and that when you did hard work, even if it wasn't always A++, 100, 100, 100, you were told, wow, way to go, good job, you're such a hard worker, can't wait to see what you do next time, I know that you've got better in you and that's encouraging, then you become encouraging to yourself inside your head, then your entire belief system, your memories, under this undercurrent unconscious mind has this positive spin on it. And before you know it, you, you're walking around with tons of unlimiting beliefs and unlimited um, mindsets, right? Everything's positive. Wow. That was so much fun. <laughs> I've been, I, I work so hard at controlling my ebb and flow of my voice and, 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 and trying to reel it in sometimes whenever I get super excited and start to throw a ton of information at you. And that was one of these episodes where I feel like there's just so much that can be, that can be said and so much that goes on that sometimes I think I've, I've really got to like start cutting these podcasts down to 20 minutes. Uh, but then you, it's like, well, but everything I'm saying is so tied into each other. Oh, it's amazing. So I would love for you to go back and look at some of these external events that have happened in this semester for you. Um, look back and see which one of your five senses tends to be your dominant one. Um, look at the filters. We covered those at the beginning. Go back and listen to them. Delete, distort, generalize so that you can get an understanding of how you use them. And then think about these, these internal movies and these emotional states and the behaviors that they, that they bring about and the results they create and how that becomes another external event. Um, it'll really give you some insight into why you remember the way you do, why you believe the way you do, why you have the values that you do, because they all come from these memories. You choose to see things happy or sad. Something that you once saw as happy can immediately be seen as sad 20 years later if you find out something else about that. Right? Somebody gives you a flower today and for the next year you're with them and you think of in that you remember that day they gave you that flower and it filled you with love and from that mo- moment forward you had nothing but love for them and then a year later you find out they gave you that flower because they cheated on you with your best friend immediately that moment that was full of love is now full of hate and anger and you run away from that person and you never speak again. A memory you have can go from bad to good and good to bad. It's, it's all about the information that you're given and the, and the way that you internalize it. All right, rock and roll with that. If you have any feedback, please hit me up. Let me know what you think about this. That was a blast. That was so much fun. I'm not done talking about this. We're going to really dive more into this uh, in future episodes because that was just a lot, a lot of information. All right, till we meet again, take care. Bye. 